Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man, Qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. What's happening, guys? It's episode three of the podcast. Uh, If you're listening and you listen to the other two, thank you for rocking with me so far. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear a little bit more noise. I am not in my usual recording spot. I decided to take a little field trip. I'm out here trying to get some, some of this early morning sun. Might be able to hear the birds in the background. All right, I'm 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 trying to take the take the show to nature today. All right, um, all right. Starting off, first thing we're gonna jump into, uh, we had WWE Extreme Rules this past Sunday. So I'm not gonna really break down or do a deep dive on on the show. Uh, by now, everybody's already covered it extensively, so we already know what happened. Um, I'm just gonna talk about some of the I guess the the big results. Uh, one thing that seems to have a lot of people up in arms, Carmella uh, winning over Asuka. Uh, I'm a big Asuka fan, but I'm also a big Carmella fan. I like uh, I like what she's doing so far. Um, I, I know a lot of people are kind of upset with what she's doing so far. Um, well, maybe not so much with what she's doing, just that, uh, you know, she's not necessarily... Uh, in-ring technician, but, um, you know, she's beat Asuka twice now, uh, she's, she beat Charlotte, um, so, you know, two of the, two of the top workers on the blue brand, uh, in the company even, and, and Carmella's going over, um, I think Carmella can kind of be almost like a female Ric Flair type situation where, how Flair, uh, back in the day when he was the champ, he was always hanging on to the belt by the skin of his teeth, just barely. And that's why either you love Flair or you hated Flair. You were just like, man, like, I just want to see somebody beat this fool. Like, come on. And I think Carmella does that really well. Like, I think by the, the end of her reign, whoever takes that belt off of her, it's going to be a huge pop. They're going to be made like it's gonna be great uh, but um, I can understand why some people are frustrated with her ring work because the matches like that first match she had against Charlotte uh, she was doing a whole lot of old school healing techniques and 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 rest holds and stuff like that but um, you know I don't I don't know if Carmella is who we want to watch in rest holds um, but but the character work is out of the park. The the character work she is nailing that character perfect. So um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm enjoying what she's doing, but I understand people wanting more from the matches. Like if you're gonna have a Carmella match, you kind of need to have more bells and whistles. That's why they brought Ellsworth back. You need some moving parts because you can't just depend on Carmella to bring it home in the ring. So. I don't know. I I understand where people are coming from, but also at the same time, it's WWE that we're watching. So you kind of got to, it's like 
if you go to McDonald's looking for a steak, you're going to be disappointed, you know? So it's WWE. So there's going to be, I feel like WWE is more of a variety show than some of these other promotions because WWE, you're going to get all kinds of stuff. We can get, they can put on a match with, with some technicians and, and give us just some really good wrestling, but then they're also going to you know, give us segments where uh, No Way Jose has a conga line dancing and shit, you know, so uh, you get what you get with WWE, Um, let's see, another thing that popped up at Extreme Rules, uh, we had, um, we had uh, Nakamura, Nakamura was one, uh, one title, uh, by low blow, Randy Orton reappeared. Um, so that was that was interesting. Uh, Nakamura finally got a belt. Uh, seems like Jeff Hardy might be hurt and needs a little time off. So this and what we'll get to a little bit later on SmackDown kind of gave him gave him an out. Uh, let's see, Alexa Bliss uh, retains the title. Uh, that was a, that was actually, uh, okay match at some points, like, I don't know, uh, some of the execution was a little weird, uh, but I liked, I liked Ronda Rousey coming in and wrecking shop, anything Ronda's doing, I'm with it, I'm here for it, we love you, Ronda, (laughs) um, and, uh, let's see here, AJ Styles retained on Rusev Day, um, so that might mean, some changes coming with those guys, which we'll get to a little bit later on SmackDown. Uh, so yeah, man, Extreme Rules came and went. It happened. Uh, Dolph and oh, okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Dolph and uh, Seth had a good match that the crowd uh, decided to count down for the Rumble. During it seemed like uh, Seth Rollins was a little bit pissed about it uh, when he got on social media later. Uh, there's a clip floating around where you can, uh, where you can kind of hear them, uh, when they're talking in a rest hold and Dolph's like, it seems like it got worse since they turned the clock off. And, uh, Seth's like, yeah, they should have just left it on. So, uh, so yeah, they were definitely, uh, they were definitely distracted by the counting. Um, I saw a lot of stuff on social media, uh, fans like, Oh, you know, Pittsburgh, you guys are horrible. And then other people saying like, Oh, it's their job to entertain us. Uh, I don't know. My personal opinion, like, if you're going to go to a show that you paid your money for, like, I understand booing people you don't like and stuff like that, but, like, actively just kind of pissing on the show. I don't know. Why Why would you go and spend your money? Like, you paid for a pay-per-view. Um, I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. I, uh, living out here in Hawaii, I haven't been to a pay-per-view, been to a lot of house shows. I would love to go to a pay-per-view. If I went to a pay-per-view, I would not spend my money just to, uh, I don't know, ruin the show, as it were, or try to get myself over. But you never know how it feels in the crowd. Maybe they are engaging with the product, and they feel like, you know, this is what we're doing. We're trying to have fun. But on TV, it was very distracting. Kind of took away from the match a little bit. was kind of annoying. Um... I don't know. I had the same problem with the NXT chant uh, when they were Mustache Mountain. That match and half the match, they're cheering for the uh, for the two teams. Like I think they were investing in the match, but I was just like, "Hey, shut up!" <laughs> so I'm trying to 
trying to watch. I'm trying to listen tomorrow. Um, but yeah, Extreme Rules came and went. Happened. Uh, let's jump into Raw. Uh, Raw was not amazing this week. Uh, wasn't my favorite show. Uh, show starts with Angle already in the ring. Uh, he's deciding to give an ultimatum. Uh, talking about the ultimatum that he gave to Lesnar. Reiterates that. Um, he said, you know, he hadn't heard from Brock. Hadn't heard from his management. So, he's stripping the title right now. I'm marking out. I'm popping on my couch. Um, so, Angle strips him. But right when he strips him of the... Uh, pause. Right when he strips him of the belt, out comes Heyman. And my name is Paul Heyman. So it's like, ah, great, you know. Uh, excuse me for a second. So, Paul Heyman comes out. Uh, Angle cuts him off. Says if Lesnar isn't here then we're wasting we're wasting his time Heyman lets us know off top yeah man Lesnar's not here but Heyman wants us to know that we as fans we've got Lesnar all wrong Brock loves the WWE Brock loves being the universal champion Brock wants to win the UFC belt while representing being the universal champion. He wants to be a two-sport champ just like Angle, just like Kurt Angle. Right? So uh, Paul Heyman's laying it on thick, pause, buttering up Angle. Um, Kurt says, all right, fine. Brock's got to defend at SummerSlam or he's no longer the champion. Which is kind of how it works anyway, right? Like, say he goes to WrestleMania, or to SummerSlam, has the match, doesn't win, not the champ. All right, I'm, I'm thinking too deep. <laughs> uh, so Brock's going to defend at SummerSlam, or he's no longer champ. Heyman says that uh, Brock will defend at SummerSlam. He says the crowd wants more Brock. Their voices have been heard. Brock will destroy. And then that's when my man Lashley's music hits. Lashley's starting to get reactions. Now that they got him away from that silly Sami Zayn feud. And it's not Zayn's fault either. But. I don't know. That was weird. Like watching Lashley beat up a bunch of dudes in drag. Pretending to be his sisters. I don't, I don't want to watch that. That's not that's not what I came to see. But anyway, uh, Lashley comes down to the ring, um, you know, and Lashley said he had two goals when he came back to WWE. One, beat, Roman's, beat Roman Reigns. That's been accomplished. Two, beat Lesnar. Then next, Drew McIntyre's music hits. TNA, TNA, TNA. Alright, so Drew says phase one was keeping the IC title on Dolph. Mission accomplished. Now, phase two is for Drew 
to win the universal title. So he's interested in these proceedings. Next, it's time to burn it down. Seth Rollins comes down to the ring. Uh, goes face to face with Drew. The crowd's kind of interested in this. I wouldn't mind seeing a Seth and Drew feud, but personally, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see the big dog Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. I think that's gonna be fire. Um, anyway, uh, Seth comes down, goes face to face with Drew. Tells Kurt, I'm the guy, Kurt. I'm the guy to face Lesnar, which would be awesome. Next up, WWE stands for Walk with Elias. Elias comes down playing his guitar. Says his album is dropping next week. Who's ready to cop that Elias hot fire? All right. Elias is dropping his album next week. Looking to go one for one on the billboard charts trying to get his Takashi on uh, says he thinks that he should get the title shot and now Finn the guy who we've been waiting for his music finally hits and he reminds everybody hey I was the first ever universal champion two years ago isn't that crazy it was two years ago like think about it think about how things how different things were two years ago for Finn Balor and where he was at coming on with the major push this is the guy the demon and now he's we haven't even seen the demon he should bring that back i want to see that at SummerSlam. i hope for some reason he brings the demon back and let's get him a belt let's let's get him the intercontinental belt let's set it up set it up dolph and dolph and uh the demon but anyway um, he reminds us he's the first universal champ, never got his rematch, two years and you never got your rematch. He should be more upset than Reigns. He wants his shot. And then, of course, after Finn talks his S-H-I-T, I don't know why I spelled it, um, the big dog, Roman Reigns, comes down. Uh, Roman Reigns lets us all know. He has no excuses, doesn't care about Lesnar, he just wants to fight. Well, if you don't care about Lesnar, why are you coming out at this part of the show, Reigns? Anyway, um, Kurt makes two triple threat matches. Uh, first one is Lashley, or first one is Roman, Finn, and Drew. That's happening next. Lashley, Seth, and Elias. Um, the winners of these two triple threats face each other next week to find out who's going to see Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Uh, backstage, we see Constable Baron Corbin. He asks Angle, did you get approval from Steph for making these matches? And Kurt's like, uh, uh you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't think I needed to. And then that Baron's like, yeah, that's your problem, Kurt. You don't think. He's like, did you think about putting me in the match? And uh, Kurt's like, no, Finn beat you. Finn beat you at Extreme Rules. So uh, I, I didn't think you deserved it. All right, so uh, first first match going down in the ring. Uh, Finn's flying all around, flies over the top, takes everybody out. Drew kind of takes over the match um, up until break. 
after break, Reigns take o- takes over. Finn knocks him out in the ring. Uh, Reigns knocks him out in the ring. He goes for the drive-by. Misses. Finn dodges a stomp on the apron. Uh, Reigns and Finn are fighting on the outside. And then Drew freaking McIntyre, all 6'5", 265 pounds of him, comes flying somersault over the ropes. Uh, lands on everybody out on the outside. Very impressive. Um, I don't think he's done something like that since he's been on the main roster. Uh, the match is still going on. Good triple threat match. Uh, Finn had Reigns set up for the coup de gras. Uh, Drew hits him with a chair. Triple threat rules. It's allowed. Um, more back and forth action. Reigns spears Drew on the outside. Uh, after Finn dives out of the way. Um, Finn comes back with a sling blade on Reigns. Um, Finn kicks out of a Superman punch in the ring. Reigns goes for a spear. Finn kicks him in the face. Um, coup de gras. Uh, Drew breaks up the pen, Claymore to Finn, Superman punch to Drew, and then Finn eats a spear for a Reigns win. Pretty exciting stuff for the finishing sequence there. Um, the, that match right there was better than most of the pay-per-view, I feel like. So, next week, it's gonna be Reigns versus who, 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 who for the number one contender spot. We'll find out later tonight. After the match, backstage, you see Bailey. She said counseling doesn't really work. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Kurt says they basically need to be friends. I don't know why this is so important to him. Uh, said He said he, they made a mistake. They settled things in the ring. So Bailey and Sasha versus Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke. Um, if Sasha and... Uh, Bailey can't work through this. Then one of them gets traded to SmackDown. Um, I was thinking, why would that be a bad thing? Uh, you know, get to keep your job and you get to get away from the person that you're beefing with. Sign me up. Yeah, send me to SmackDown. I'd be like, I'll go to SmackDown right now, Kurt. That's all we got to do. I'm been like, screw this counseling. Just trade me to SmackDown. So that's that, that's what I would have said from the jump. So I personally I hope that Sasha gets to go to SmackDown. Um Sasha versus Asuka, Sasha versus Becky, uh Sasha versus Charlotte again, since we haven't seen it in a while would be fun. Um Sasha going back and forth with Carmella uh, would be fun. Uh Sasha beefing with the Iconics would be cool. Maybe Sasha and Naomi meeting back up. Team bad. Uh, seeing how that would go. Because that could go either way. They could beef. Or they could be friends. Or they could be friends for a while. And then Sasha turn on her. You don't know. So uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that could happen on SmackDown with Sasha. Uh, just kind of freshen things up. She's been on Raw uh, the entire time. It, it would be cool to see her switch sides, or even Bailey. Bailey switch sides, but I feel like Sasha is the stronger character. Uh, they haven't really booked Bailey that interestingly, so I don't know 
what would change on SmackDown. Uh, okay, so after the Bailey stuff backstage, um, there was a video package, just a random package on pause on Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, but I'm here for it. Bobby was uh, the brain was the man, so let's do it. Um, after that, Dolph comes down to the ring, uh, recaps uh, the Extreme Rules main event. Uh, Dolph tells Robert Downey Jr. to move over. Says he's uh, more of a uh, he likes Sabbath more of a more of a Maiden fan, but he is Iron Man. Uh, Dolph says that the Intercontinental Championship hasn't main evented a pay per view in 17 years, which is interesting. An interesting fact. Uh, makes sense though. 17 years, I think back. That's what 2001. What was that main event? Anybody know? Hit me on Twitter at Champ Podcast. Uh, Dolph says he beat Seth five times. Five times. Five times. Uh, Bobby Roode comes out to what sounds like zero reaction, uh, but the camera finds a lady who's super into it. So there we go. Um, Bobby Roode, man. I feel so bad for the guy. Uh, he uh, he wants an intercontinental title match right now. Ziggler agrees uh, after, a little, after a little bit of goading from Bobby Roode. Um, but right before they start the match, they announce it as a title match. And Dolph's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, this isn't for the title. Um, so they start a match. And fuck, Rude is dead right now as a character. Uh, they should just turn him heel and let him be the real Bobby Rude. Like, the whole glorious thing works better as a heel anyway. Let him be a heel. Um, Lashley's backstage. Uh, he says he's gonna win the win the title. Um, oh, uh, so they have a match and and Rude loses basically. Um, you see Lashley backstage. He says he's gonna win the triple threat tonight. Um, backstage, Mojo is kind of doing the fake slow clap for Bobby Rude. He says you're supposed to be glorious. So I don't know. I guess there maybe Mojo and Bobby Roode feud, or I don't know, man, maybe Mojo and Bobby Roode team up. Uh, Mojo versus Tyler Breeze. Um, and then uh, Coach, it was, this is funny on commentary, uh, Coach was trying to get in his word of the hour, and Cole just, Cole and uh, Graves just are boxing him out, so I don't, it, it was kind of funny. Uh, Mojo and Tyler Breeze are fighting now. Uh, Mojo's controlling Breeze. Um, just kind of, basically, it's a squash. Um, but I remember when Tyler Breeze was, like, the man in NXT when he was dope, when he was actually, like, in title matches, uh, when he fought Liger at TakeOver. Like, what the hell? Uh, but uh, Mojo actually looked pretty pretty good in that match. I think it had something to do with Tyler Breeze being the guy he was up against. Uh, then uh, you see Sasha backstage. Sasha is still my boo. Um, 
Uh, I wish Alicia Fox was a more important character. Uh, she's pretty solid in the ring. That that uh, Northern Light Suplex is fire. Um, and I think she's she's good at the character work. Like she does that whole crazy thing well. Like when she was the Survivor Series or was it Survivor Series? Uh, women's team Raw women's team captain. Uh, she did well. Um, but you know she's just there. Uh, anyway, there's a a tag team match uh, that's going down. Bailey and Bailey ends up fighting on the outside. Sasha goes to help and it just turns into a schmaz on the outside uh sasha does a crossbody on uh both dana and alicia fox looks like dana might actually got hurt um they lose by dq and sasha just takes off to the back um bailey goes backstage um bailey's trying to stop sasha from leaving sasha tells bailey uh, you know, I love you. I always have, and I always will. So, um, I don't know, man. Maybe, uh, Sasha and Bailey are gonna do some Golden Lovers type storyline, which, uh, you know, shit, I'm here for it. If you're, if that's what we're doing, then I'm, let's, let's go. <laughs> um, you see Braun backstage. He says he didn't get to congratulate Kevin Owens. Um, and he says he doesn't need to be in the triple threat. He's the monster in the bank. Uh, the B team comes out. The B team is over. The crowd is into the B team. B team versus the Ascension. Um, looks like it was, I guess it was a tag title match. Um, remember when the Ascension was good? Remember when the Ascension was dope? When they were like running shit in NXT? They were like the best tag team in the company, it seemed like. They were being booked that way. Um, they could still be dope on the main roster. I don't know why they did that to them. And now, even now, you can make them way more fun than they are. We saw a whole lot of personality in the... uh, Ah, man, I'm blanking on the name of that show. But you know the YouTube show that they had... I almost said Stampede Wrestling. Uh, You know what it is. Ah, I almost had it. Anyway, um, the revival, you see them watching backstage... Um, so, uh, I'm, my early prediction is the top guys versus the B team, uh, versus the deleters at SummerSlam and a triple threat for the Raw Tag Team titles, and the, the top guys go over. Um, there's a, the, the B team beats the Ascension, and they act surprised about winning. Um... There's a recap of Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss at Extreme Rules. Why are Mickey James and Alexa Bliss friends? Like, I know she brought her in on SmackDown, but she betrayed her. Uh, Mickey is basically just always getting her ass kicked for her. I would look for a new friend. Um, Alexa must be... She's sliding over some of that championship pay. That's got that's got to be what's what's uh what's keeping Mickey James around. Um, Alexa, she's in the ring. She said she's dominated the whole division, beat beat up everyone in the locker room. All of a sudden, Rousey shows up in the crowd. Alexa is like, "Okay, uh, I'm done. That's all I have to say. Good night, everyone. 
Uh, she is trying to break out. Uh, Rousey cuts them off. She is able to make her way down and hop onto the stage. Um, she gets Mickey James in the ring. Uh, with the, with the does her spinning slam thing that she's been doing. Uh, goes for the arm bar on Mickey James, trying to kill her. Uh, the refs and Alexa pull her away. Rousey takes out Alexa and some refs. Ronda grabs Alexa. Kurt's like, hey, 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 calm down. Um, you know, we're gonna have, we might have to lengthen your suspension. Uh, Corbin says Kurt's being too soft on her. He's gonna call Stephanie. He can't find his phone. Uh, turns out Kurt had jacked his phone, uh, and he says Ronda versus Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam for the belt. Uh, Authors of Pain come down to the ring next. I totally forget about Authors of Pain unless they're on TV, which isn't good. Um, Authors of Pain, I hope they don't end up like The Ascension. Uh, there versus Titus Worldwide. Immediately, AOP starts rocking Titus's shit. Uh, the match is over pretty quick. Sarah Logan versus Ember Moon. Uh, Ember Moon is the shit in the ring. Y'all already know this. Um, they're talking, they're really trying to get over uh, Sarah Logan's whole Viking part of her character. I guess they have to. Uh, kind of build her up a little bit more now that Ruby Riot's out of there and they can't just have her be like the crazy one and the Riot Squad, they have to build her up a little bit more. Uh, so they're trying to help us get to know her. Uh, Cole has a weird, uh, weird moment where it just sounded weird. Uh, he said, she sent me pictures of herself in her Viking outfit in the woods. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, I think it was an email he's talking, trying to get over uh, Logan's Viking personality. Um, this was interesting. They had uh, Liv distract Ember. Uh, they basically crotched her on the ropes and she fell on her back and one, two, three. And that's Ember Moon's first loss on the main roster, uh, which I thought was an interesting way to have her lose. Like, you're just going to have her fall off the ropes. Um <clears throat> doesn't that she takes a bump similar to that when she does her finisher why doesn't anyone just pin her right after the finisher anyway um <coughs> excuse me um Elias main event he comes down Rollins next uh back and forth action to start Lashley uh going against Seth um Kurt Corbin and Paul Heyman all watching backstage. Uh, Rollins hits a buckle bomb to Lashley. Goes and superplexes Elias. Hits the Falcon Arrow. Seth is cooking. Um, This is like towards the end of the match. I'm skipping through. Um, Seth hits the curb stomp on Elias. Uh, Lashley breaks it up. Lashley hits a spear on Elias for the win. And it's Lashley versus Roman next week. Uh, So... Lashley and Roman again rematch from Extreme Rules for the number one contender spot. I hope Lashley wins and wins clean and that it's not a triple threat at SummerSlam and then we get Lashley 
and Lesnar and Lashley wins and then Braun cashes in on Lashley and then Braun goes heel. That's what I hope. Um, okay, SmackDown. Jumping into SmackDown. Uh, recap of Extreme Rules and it shows uh, Nakamura winning and Orton going heel on Jeff Hardy. Uh, show opens up. Hardy's music hits. Um, commentary hypes a rematch of Hardy and Nakamura tonight. Uh, Hardy says he doesn't feel like Jeff Hardy. He feels broken. Uh, Hardy tells the crowd he wants Nakamura to feel as much pain as possible. He will make him fade away and classify himself as obsolete. And uh, then he's going to take back his title. Nakamura is watching backstage and he says that Jeff Hardy is a sad clown and that he'll get everyone to smile. God bless America. Uh, He makes Renee smile, which is creepy. Uh, Great heel shit. Nakamura is alive again as a heel on SmackDown. AJ Styles comes out next. uh, And it's going to be Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas. I'm so glad that he's no longer wearing the suspenders and the hat. Uh, Back from break, Almas is, excuse me, uh, Almas is coming down to the ring with Zelina Vega. Ooh, ah, Zelina Vega. Um, I want more Almas matches on my TV. Um, So far, they haven't uh, screwed him up on the main roster and he's in the ring with the world champ uh aj goes for a drop kick almost is tranquilo in the ropes uh does his little does his little thing there uh zelina vega hops up and and she does the pose as well uh almost is controlling the action and we go to the break uh during the break because it's that picture in picture commercial shit that smackdown smackdown does uh finally after after that aj is coming back um almost cuts it off he goes for aj goes for a phenomenal forearm uh almost with that spinning uh back elbow to the shin of aj takes him off the rope it was i'm not even describing it as majestic as it was it was incredible uh moonsault uh but AJ moves, so Almas lands on his feet and then hits a standing moonsault. He, it, it was so clean. Um, Almas was setting up for that hammerlock DDT. Styles rolls into the calf crusher. Almas taps. Great match. Um, I want to get Almas in a meaningful feud with somebody so that uh, we can we can get something. Pa- Get something, get something papping. <laughs> get something papping. I don't know. I was gonna say it like that. Um, <clears throat> Aiden English is backstage, apologizes to Lana about the whole Rusev thing, uh, begging Rusev's forgiveness. Lana says it's up to Rusev. Uh, Lana's accent is basically gone, so uh, maybe Steph will call her out on it uh, in a promo leading up to Survivor Series, kind of like how Trips did to Kofi. I don't know why Steph would do it because she's on on raw so maybe Paige will do it because that makes more sense um 
Becky, Becky Lynch, Becky Balboa uh, comes down to the ring before break. Uh, Mandy Rose is coming out. I don't know why I didn't notice that camera effect that they do during her entrance. Is that new? Uh, let me know on Twitter at Champ Podcast. Shameless plug. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Becky is doing her thing in the ring. Um, Mandy Rose has some moments where she looks really good, like when she does that uh, that knee, and then other moments where she looks green as grass. Uh, Bex locks in the disarm her, and uh, she gets the win. Uh, she takes the mic after the match. She said winning feels great. Um, said she's never stopped working. Uh, she tells Carmella, I'm coming for you. Uh, she wants the belt backstage. Paige is with Queen Mella. And uh, Carmella says if... Uh, she asked Carmella if she heard the WWE Universe cheering. Mella wants a celebration next week. Um, Paige says... Uh, that she has to beat Becky next week for it. If Becky wins, then it's Mella versus Becky at SummerSlam. Um, Carmella, man, she is killing the character. I feel like if she ever gets her in ring together, and then she can put together, like, string together, like a long heel run as champ um, with better matches, we're looking at a future Hall of Famer. Cause she's the character. She's got it down. If she can, if she can get her in ring together, and improve, and put together good matches, like I, I could and have a long career. I could see her as a Hall of Famer. I'm calling it out right now. Cause she's got this character thing down. Um, same with Alexa Bliss, man. She keeps improving in the ring and having, and she can have good matches with someone who's not in the. Four horsewomen or Natalia, you know, we'll see what happens with Rhonda. But Rhonda's a beast already. Okay, anyway, um, that's raw. Uh, <laughs> what happened after Becky? Uh, you see Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Uh, sometimes I forget he's on the show. You see him backstage, uh, he's talking the truth, um, and our truth. He thinks R-Truth is talking him into the match, basically. Uh, But R-Truth was on a Bluetooth phone. Um, And it's going to be Ty Dillinger versus Samoa Joe next. Uh, WWE really needs to do something with the mid-card, build it up. That was one of the key things in the Attitude Era and uh, and when the SmackDown 6 was around there was a strong mid card going on so you're always better when your mid card is stronger because you got you got more people to care about and just more things going on it's a it's just a better show um ty dillinger should be more important than he is um anyway uh match starts dillinger attacks joe immediately uh, they're fighting on the outside. Joe throws Ty Dillinger into the post. Uh, Joe's talking trash now. It's only a matter of time. Boom, Coquina clutch locked in. Uh, I like how Ty Dillinger sells the tap out. Like, dude is passing out as he taps out. Joe lets him go. He falls right on his face. Good stuff. Um, 
Ty needs a mid-card feud. Uh, he still has, he's good. He still has a connection with the fans. Um, I hope, I fear that he's going the way of Zack Ryder. Hopefully not Kurt Hawkins. Um, Miz comes out. Uh, he's doing a funeral for Team Hell No. Uh, Miz tells us his reality show starts next week. Also, uh, talks about him winning the MVP at the Celebrity All-Star Game for baseball, which I forgot was happening. Um, not baseball, just the All-Star. I didn't know it was that time of the year. Um, he, he tells us that, uh, Daniel Bryan isn't what he claims to be. Says Daniel Bryan's return has been a bust. Uh, says his career is dead. Daniel Bryan's like, F that. His music hits. Bryan comes down there and puts the beats on The Miz. Um, he showed up. He attacked him from behind. Pause. Uh, Miz versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Is that what we're getting? Finally? Huh? Huh? Um, then it's the New Day backstage. Uh, they make a reference to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, they say they are birds of prey. And it's Kofi versus Eric Young next. Uh, New Day entrance sanity comes out after that. Um, can't lie. At one point on my um, uh, on my dream TNA WWE Supercard uh, match uh, match card, it was uh, Kofi versus Eric Young. So here we are. I'm getting it right now. Uh, Eric Young, Kofi, they go back and forth. Uh, a Matson truck is driving by. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the New Day is on the outside. They're cheering on Kofi. Sanity is also on the outside. Eric Young gets sent into the corner. Uh, he flips and runs the apron to the other corner. Uh, Kofi meets him up top for a suplex off the top. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Kofi flies over the ref and to the outside and takes out Eric Young. Uh, things break down outside. Killian Dane ends up tossing Xavier Woods into Kofi Kingston. Uh, Kofi bumps heads with him and Dane tosses, uh, or, uh, EY hits the wheelbarrow neck breaker for the win. Nakamura, or uh, so New Day and this Insanity look like the feud is going to continue, which is good stuff. Good news for all of us. Uh, Nakamura backstage with his belt. Um, the main event, Hardy versus Nakamura. Uh, pretty decent action. Uh, Naka's doing a lot to try to keep Hardy grounded because, uh, like I said, I think uh, Hardy is legitimately injured. Um, going back and forth, finally, uh, Hardy eventually fights back, uh, starts the delete chance, uh, rips his shirt off, uh, does the, tries to do the twist of fate, Nakamura counters it, uh, kick the Hardy's neck, uh, knee to the chest on the outside, uh, Hardy ends up doing the... Hardy ends up hitting the twist of fate. Uh, Swanton. Um, Hardy has the match won. Uh, but Orton comes through and uh, yanks Jeff out of the ring. 
disqualification. Nakamura keeps the belt. And then Randy Orton just really starts beating, uh, really starts beating Jeff Hardy down. Um, like, it's, it's crazy. It's a little bit uncomfortable when Orton hooks his finger into, uh, into where, uh, Hardy's gauges are and starts, like, dragging him around the ring. Like, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, he's, he's like, oh, you want to know why I'm doing this? You got to find out. So, yeah, we'll see. Then he hits a, he hits that DDT off of the announce table to the floor. So I think Jeff is going to take a little break for a while and try to heal up. And I don't know, I guess he's going to have to see what's popping with, with, uh, uh, Randy Orton when he gets back, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And then I don't know where Nakamura goes from here either, so. Interesting stuff. We'll see what's going on on SmackDown. All right, now let's uh, jump into NXT. Uh, so they start showing hype for the women's number one contender, Triple Threat. It was a fatal four-way, but they tell us that Bianca Belair is not medically cleared. Um, show opens. Uh, Dakota Kai enters for the first match. Uh, I'm on Team Kai, or I'm on Team Kick, man. I love Dakota. Uh, Lacey Evans comes out. Uh, Lacey Evans makes fun of Dakota's kicks. Uh, Dakota takes her down immediately for a pin. Uh, Dakota is out quick and Lacey to start. Uh, Kai misses the face wash in the corner. Uh, Lacey literally ties Dakota to the Tree of Woe losing, uh, using the tag rope. Um, Lacey just has something about her that I legit don't like, like, I legit, legitimately dislike when she's in the ring, like, she just, uh, portrays, portrays something that I just, like, legitimately dislike, so that's good, that's good, uh, she's a good heel, because I know she's a, a, a decent person in real life, like, I see her with her kid and stuff, and, I mean, you can't hate on a mom, um, anyway, uh, she has a ton of potential as a major heel on the main roster, I feel like, uh, Lacey, now she's in control, uh, she's switching holds, uh, looks like she punched, uh, Dakota and the lady bits at one point, um, she, uh, Dakota Kai has some of the same qualities that made Bailey seem like she was gonna be Cena 2.0 down in NXT, uh, but Dakota Kai, the unique thing she has with her kicks, uh, so many different kicks, and they all look, like, really brutal, um, so that, that gives her, like, just a, just a different edge that, that Bailey kind of doesn't have, um, and that's shown on the main roster, like, I feel like Dakota Kai will always be able to set herself as, apart with those kicks and that style, the way she throws her kicks, and, you know, she's got those long legs, man, because Oscar throws some kicks, but just the way that Kai does hers, it's, it's different, uh, anyway, um, Evans, uh, she miss, uh, Lacey Evans, she misses a moonsault, uh, Kai starts going with rapid fire kicks, uh, to the face, uh, then a face wash, then another, more kicks in the corner, uh, full sale was kind of quiet, I was, like, actually, like, marking out on my couch, uh, for this, for this segment of the match, but full sale was quiet, um, I think if they had been, like, at a, 
at a takeover, they would have been losing their shit. But that's the that's that's what I'm talking about with those with those kicks uh, that Dakota Kai has. Um, anyway, uh, Lacey Evans ends up uh, hitting the pump handle slam, uh, drop toe hold, uh, then. She hits her finisher, this right hand, the woman's right, bang! Uh, basically just knocks out Dakota Kai, beats her, one, two, three. Um, then she's talking a whole bunch of trash after. I hope this feud continues. Um, Kathy Kelly afterwards uh, interviews Ricochet. Uh, he says that Adam Cole is hiding behind the title, says he'll be the next champ. Uh, so, But when he says he's going to be the next champ, he put points his thumb towards himself and does the boom that uh, Adam Cole does right before he enters the ring and does the Adam Cole baby so um that's uh so I'm guessing it's gonna be Cole versus Ricochet at uh takeover for the for the North American title which is gonna be nuts um let's see here uh and also Kathy Kelly, I don't know, she's either barefoot in that interview or much shorter than I thought because Ricochet's not that tall, right? Like, it seems, you know, like, but he was, it was like he was towering over her. Um, anyway, shout out to my guy Ricochet. Uh, <laughs> after that, you see the Street Profits. They're on a basketball court back home. And uh, they say when you're on a cold streak, you got to keep shooting. Uh, I like these guys as dudes, but. I don't know, and I'm rooting for him, but I don't know, man, it still feels like, to me, I don't know, it just feels like they're missing something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Um, I have suggested in the past, like, oh, man, uh, you know, uh, Montez, Ford, uh, my man, uh, is married to Bianca Belair pair her up with them somehow help you know swag just make them like a swagged out group you know she can still keep up with her est of nxt business you know what i'm saying and maybe that'll make them better but i don't know i don't know what to do um anyway uh after that we see ec3 uh, walking backstage, he takes a selfie with a fan. He says, T- uh, "Tag me on Instagram." Uh, you know, bumps into a couple other people, bumps into Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves says that, uh, "Hey man, your suit is great, but it's not the finest. Nice watch, man. You know, look at mine. You know, we both tell time, but yours isn't the finest." And uh, EC3 is like, oh, "Okay, I get it. Yeah, da da da. It's not the finest." Um, he's like, you know, why don't you fight me? And Kona, uh, after uh, EC3 walks away, uh, Kona agrees to fight him. And he says, it could have been the finest of friends. A uh, short interaction, but it was interesting. And I want to see more, man. I wouldn't mind like a little mini feud between uh, EC3 and Kona Reeves, which, you know, maybe just like a, a couple matches. Uh, I think that would be fun. Um, there's a hype package, a uh, hype video package on Ciampa and Alistair Black for next week for the NXT Championship. Uh, I know some of you guys have probably heard spoilers, which I won't, um, 
discuss here, but watching this video package, if you know, you know, and I think it's deserving. Um, Ciampa's really in his bag right now. Uh, he's on another level. Um, and Alistair Black is Alistair Black, man. He's great. Uh, I, I, think, I think both of them will be really good on the main roster. Uh, let's see here. Cassius Ono comes out, and uh, he's against a jobber. Tosses him to the mat. Boom, rolling elbow, and that's, and that's that. Um, the way he looks at the guy after... This kind of makes me think that he's he's finally snapped. Maybe they're gonna use uh, a make a storyline about how he's tired. Of, he's you know he's still here in NXT. Everybody else gets called up. He should be, you know, I think that would be cool. And you know, a heel turn, and then he just starts beating people up and being the guy who attacks the new guys and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I think that could be fun. Give him something to do because he's just there, man. He's just there, and he's one of the one of the greatest indie dudes of all time like this guy you know cm punk like they helped put each other on the map like come on uh at one point punk was the best in the world and your champ and this is the guy that he was burning down towns with in the in the back in the beginning so he's he's good we know uh okay uh after after that uh, you see Undisputed Era backstage. These guys are so good. Uh, they're so good together. It's gross. Uh, I love how their theme is always playing when they're when they're doing uh, promo. Like I like I can hear it in my head <laughs> in my head right now. Just talking about them. Um, Cole. It was really funny. He's like, "Hey guys, want to hear a joke?" Ricochet. And everybody just laughs. His delivery there was just great. Um, so they. Uh, basically, he's he's talking trash about how he's gonna beat he he can beat Ricochet and Undisputed Era is the best. Uh, there's a hype package hype video package on the War Raiders. Um, they tell the story of how uh, they met in a match against each other and then decided to go against everyone as hard as they went against each other. Uh, Roe talks about surviving that motorcycle accident. Um, they say they are modern-day Vikings. Uh, why can't the main roster do this for, for people? Just just put out a, a really dope video package about who people are. If, if they don't get promo time, like, some, like you could do that to some of the mid-card guys. Just, just tell us a little bit about who this guy is. Not, in just, the, not just when they first show up, but just, just you know, let us, let us know about people. Um, anyway, uh, it, it really, uh, like, I, I mean, I was already familiar with War Raiders, War Machine, but, uh, it just really got across everything that, that, uh, WWE is trying to make them be and, and drawing on the Viking stuff, and it, it just, it just made them dope. Um, let's see here. Velveteen Dream. Now this, uh, this promo, this, this was amazing. Uh, he, you know, he, he, I, I can't even explain it. You just gotta, you gotta seek it out. You gotta go watch it. Um, 
the graphics he had, just just the way he delivered it. Um, you know, saying he re- he recaps all his takeover matches and how they were experiences, and he's like, you know, what do I have planned for this next one? So we we got to see what's going on. What's what's going to be popping with the dream? Um, main event: Nikki Cross comes out first. Candice LeRae. Uh, her her entrance music sounds like half of the shit I listened to in middle school. Um, I feel like my inner dork would be best best buds with her and Johnny Wrestling. Um, the Pirate Princess comes out next. Kyrie Sane uh, matches crazy action. Crowds trenton for all three women. Uh, Shayna Baszler's on commentary. Uh, Nikki. Cross has uh, Lecrae up in the tree of woe. Uh, Kyrie Sane hits a spear on Nikki Cross. Uh, hits a double stomp on Candice LeRae. Uh, locks in the anchor on LeRae. Um, that's broken up. LeRae uh, firing on Cross in the corner. Hits a cannonball off the apron into Kyrie Sane. Uh, Nikki Cross with a DDT on the steel ramp to Candice LeRae. Uh, Kyrie Sane takes out Nikki Cross after she dives off the apron. Tower of Doom spot. Um, I always wonder why the person who like runs in and brings everybody down, like why are they on the ground? Why are they hurt? Like it seems like you bring everybody down and just hop up for the pin. Like somebody should do that. Um, crowds chanting "Mama Mia." All three hitting each other with strikes. Candice LeRae hits a DDT. Flatliner combo on both of them. Uh, LeRae hits a moonsault. Uh, Nikki Cross breaks it up. Neck breaker on the outside. Nikki Cross belly to back suplexes. Uh, folding up Kyrie Sane. Cross about to go for the neck breaker on Sane. LeRae hits a lion salt. And then Sane hops up top. Boom. Insane elbow right after Kyrie Sane with the pin. One, two, three. And it's going to be Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler and we're one step closer to Kyrie Sane versus Io Shirai for the title <laughs> um so that was NXT fun show uh gonna talk about one more show unfortunately I didn't have time uh, I had to record early didn't have time to watch Ring of Honor properly and give a good review so it won't be covered today MLW same situation I promise I'm gonna get both of them on the show next week I promise you um impact uh hype for slammiversary which is tomorrow or today when you're listening to this um show opens up PD Williams coming down to the ring Killer Cross comes up right after uh Cyrus on commentary is great uh Killer Cross uh tosses this guy around the ring uh just just tosses uh, Petey across the ring. Um, Petey has a little bit of a comeback. Uh, Cross reverses a Canadian destroyer and does a doomsday Saito, which is his finishing suplex. Uh, then he picks up Petey. He's like, yo, put me in the destroyer again. He gets in position, pause for the destroyer. Um, then he just stands up uh, with, with Petey. Petey's still hanging on. Uh, slams PD and does his finishing hold the cross jacket uh, until PD passes out Killer Cross with another win uh, Killer Cross is a beast 
uh, back from break. Joe Hendry is taking a photo shoot. Um, Grado comes up and he has questions about what Eli Drake was insinuating last week, which is that uh, Joe Hendry is smashing Grado's, uh, Grado's girly. Joe Henry is like, nah, man, Eli Drake's just trying to stir the pot, um, trying to put stuff into your head. Grado's like, all right, cool. Uh, Joe Hendry says he has a surprise. Katarina says Grado loves surprises. Next up, uh, the Desi Hit Squad. This is my first time seeing them in action uh, now that I'm getting back into watching Impact. Um, they, uh, I... They're up against KM and Falaba, which I don't like those guys. Um, this no, no, no thing that Falaba does, I hate it. I don't know why. It just it gets on my nerves. Um, they uh, KM and Falaba were beating these guys up, and then uh, they did like this whole ro- uh, spot where uh, you know Falaba does this panda roll over both of them. And then KM does it. That was actually kind of funny. I chuckled a little bit. Uh, I could see, like, cheering that on live. Uh, so that was fun. Um, but other than that, wasn't into it. Looks like Falaba and KM were going for a tag team finisher. KM gets low-bridged out of the ring. Um, Falaba gets a thumb to the eye. Schoolboy. Uh, feet on the ro- foot on- <laughs> feet on the ropes uh, and the Desi hit squad wins um, there's a hype package video package for the 5150 street fight I might have to get slam anniversary just for this uh, just for this match uh, Eli Drake comes out next uh, Joe Henry sings his theme song so it has like a whole pop boy band uh, type sound to it um joe hendry shows a video basically exposing eli drake which is just like clips from his youtube show or youtube channel uh his comedy stuff uh back and forth action hendry uh counters the gravy train into a roll-up pin quick win for joe hendry uh joe hendry and uh katarina are celebrating and they're hugging a little bit too much she ran past grado and just starts hugging joe hendry so grado's like yo what is this and he's he's thinking that maybe there's some truth to what uh eli drake is saying um next up andrew everett versus desmond xavier is supposed to go down doesn't even start eddie edwards hits the ring with the kendo stick beats up the ref uh cuts a crazy promo about how he wants to make uh tommy dreamer bleed i don't know for some reason this promo didn't do it didn't do it for me uh maybe it was eddie's i don't know man just something about it just didn't do it for me but i'm invested in the feud already uh this is also worth buying slammiversary for um i know this match is going to be good uh they They've already sold me on it. Um, I don't know. For, just for me personally, something was off about that. I, I, and I don't even know. Just something rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it. Uh, Madison Rain and Sue Young have a crazy segment. It's like something out of a movie. Um, like there's stuff. Uh, there's blood, a bloodbath. Uh, Madison Rain sees herself in a coffin. Uh, it, it's crazy. So 
I'm I want to see this match just off of all this shit. Like, what what are they gonna do? Um, reminds me of the old uh, Broken Universe, almost. Uh, video package on uh, Callahan versus Pentagon Junior. Sammy's uh, after that, Sammy uh, destroys a jobber, wins a match, cuts a promo, hyping the hair versus mask match. Um, Pentagon has a pre-tape promo. Uh, this is and, and it's hyping it up, so this is gonna be crazy. Another reason the cop slam anniversary. I, th- I might be talking myself into it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Allie's backstage. Um, you know, she's like, "What has Tessa done besides being the third generation superstar?" And she's a great wrestler. Well, I'm great too. So there's a tag match next, and uh, Tessa. Uh, does little video package uh scarlet bordeaux um coming coming next week uh cyrus the virus gets really excited about it a video package on johnny impact basically a lot of video packages hyping up slammiversary um aries versus moose um ove uh we're backstage and they were talking some trash pentagon shows up and tries to take break break some arms and stuff uh moose comes down to the ring uh tells aries to get his bitch ass out here um moose uh says he's gonna stick a banana up his ass as well so lots of threats going on aries pops up on the screen says he's not gonna come down there talking shit heel move sneaks in from behind with a chair um Moose uh, hits him with a low blow. Uh, Moose recovers, uh, ducks the chair shot, uh, chases Aries out of the ring. Uh, Moose, 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 and then another final video package um, hyping up getting Slam Reversary. Uh, TNA is firing right now. TNA is doing their thing. They're firing on all cylinders. So uh, yeah, man. I think uh I think they're rocking. Now uh since I didn't review those those two shows that I was supposed to, uh I did have during this week I did have uh a few thoughts about what I would do if I ran a promotion. So coming up right now is my ideas of my promotion. I have a name for it. Uh, I have a little bit how I would run shows. I have 10 guys that are in my world heavyweight title picture. And I have some feuds planned out for them. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, So I want to see what you guys think of how my promotion sounds. And if that would be something that you guys would watch, let me know on Twitter at Champ Podcast. Um, And if you're interested... Uh, this is something that I can bring back. I have some other, I'll, cause I have other divisions. I only focused on the heavyweight title division, but, uh, I could, I could, you know, let you know who I had in mind for other divisions and what kind of feuds I saw for them. So we'll go ahead and jump right into it here. Okay. If I ran my own promotion, 
just kind of pulling off of the name of the podcast, my promotion, I would call it Wrestling Champions of the World, WCOTW, right? So uh, I guess the divisions that I would have, first off, of course, the WCOTW World Heavyweight Championship, the WCOTW Tag Team Titles, the WCOTW Women's Title, the WCOTW Six Man Title. So that way we can have uh, some some fun uh, some fun three on three matches. Like we could have like you know British Strong Style versus three members of the Undisputed Era. Uh, we could have the Shield versus the New Day. Uh, the Elite versus The Shield, you know? Uh, the Club with Finn and Doc and Gallows versus The Elite. You know, just all kinds of stuff like that. I think that'd be fun. Uh, the six-man... So, the WCOTW six-man titles. The WCOTW light heavyweight title. Basically, our cruiserweight title. Um, the, WC, the WCOTW women's tag team titles. And then this one, uh, the WCOTW United Nations title. Now, this title would be defended in different promotions, not just in ours. We would send our WCOTW United Nations champion to different promotions all across the world. So uh, let him defend the title in progress. Let him defend the title in ICW. Let him, uh, if allowed, let him defend the title in New Japan or uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, let him defend the title in AAA or CMLL. Uh, you know, so just go to uh, go to all the go to all the different spots. Let him uh, defend the title in in Canadian promotions. Let him defend the title, uh, you know, in in WXW in Germany. Like that would uh, I think that would be that would be fun and whoever would be the champion have them be very either very proficient technically or very proficient in a certain type of style like a like if they're a high flyer then will osprey would be perfect to go have matches with the best of the best all around the world um or ricochet would be perfect to go have matches with the best of the best all around the world um or I think, or if you know, put the title on like a Matt Riddle and let him go all over the world. So I, I think it would be fun. Um, and then the uh, the last title would be the WCOTW Television Title, which would be defended weekly on our television show, but never on pay per view. Right. So that way, and you know, in wrestling, it's never say never. So. Um, perhaps if we had a television champion who was over enough then you could make a special exception and have a have a you know television title match on the pay-per-view and then that could be like oh first ever you know so uh, another reason another way to sell a match uh but my vision for the television title defended weekly on television would be for uh a the, like the young up and comers, uh, the young up and comers. You know what I'm saying? The young, the young guys. So you would you would put the world television title on a on a young guy who you see has potential, and then let him 
defend it weekly. So get a chance to uh, get a chance to kind of cut promos and 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 have have matches and and get over with the crowd. And and I would say no no I I unless um, unless it was just a, really a part of his build. Um, I wouldn't have guys have the television title for very long because it's it's weekly and just because the way you'll see how I, I treat my other titles and just want how to make it more special I wouldn't uh, I would I would have a guy have that title and then try to move him on into contention for for something else uh, but uh, but now that you know the divisions, um, this is kind of how I would run my shows. So, uh, I would, I would do pay-per-views monthly, right? So I would do pay-per-views monthly, uh, but I would do my pay-per-views a little bit different. I wouldn't have all these titles defended every month. Uh, I would have two defi- uh, I would have two titles defended monthly, uh, you know, just switching it up each month, two titles defended monthly, um, on, on the regular monthly pay-per-views, um, and two number one contenders matches, so the two titles say it's the World Heavyweight Championship and the Light Heavyweight title are being defended on this show, that's gonna be the main event and the co-main event, and then there are there's a number one contenders match for the world heavyweight championship and then there's going to be a number one contenders match for the light heavyweight championship and then you know we fill the card with with other matches you know people trying to move up the ranks in other divisions and 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 whatnot maybe a a, a feud uh like a you know a, 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 a grudge match here or there and or something like that uh, to to fill out the card. Um, now, what I would have, I would have uh, rankings, right? So I would have, uh, I would have a top, I guess a top ten for each division, top ten for each division. But the top five are able to get a. Uh, for a title shot. So number one would be the champion. And then anyone in the top five who's not number one, the champ, would be eligible for a title shot. Now, the rankings would be based on wins and momentum. So say if you're winning and you're on a, you're on a winning streak and you've just been moving up the rankings and the person who's number three lost and they were number two previously, but they dropped down to number three because of a loss, and you are just entering at number five, and you have been on like a six-match winning streak, and nobody else in the ahead of you in the top five is on a winning streak that long, you could jump straight to a title match. You see what I'm saying? So making the the rankings matter and wins and momentum matter um 
as far as as far as getting title shots so title shots would always be merit based uh except in uh extreme situations if a feud and storyline called for it but that would only be that wouldn't be the norm the norm would be going by the rankings uh so a top 10 for uh for each division that's the rankings the top 10 rankings uh and then if you make it into that top five then you're eligible for a title shot um let's see here Uh, once a year I would have the, and then, oh, so I'm having, uh, monthly, monthly pay-per-views, but I would have, uh, I would have four big quarterly, uh, shows, and on one of those shows, which would probably be, like, the, the end of the year, that would be the only one where all the titles would be defended, um, And then, uh, let's see here. Once a year, I would have, like, a Road Warriors tag team tournament uh, where I would invite tag teams from all over the world mixed with my rosters, tag teams, and the talent. Um, And then the tag team that wins there gets a shot at uh, at one of our special quarterly events. Um, so there's, let's see, so I would have the, that tournament be spread, like, over a month, and the finals on one of our regular pay-per-views, like, maybe the pay-per-view right before that quarterly event, and then, uh, that next quarterly event would be the, the one where the, that tag team gets the shot. And then uh, at the quarterly events, like so, the last the last quarterly event of the year, all the titles are defended. But at the um, at at the other three quarterly events, the world title, tag titles, and women's ti- women's title will all do, be defended on the same show. But at but any any of the other events, um, then it's just two titles, and it could be random titles. Um, and that final quarterly event that's called that show would be called champions of the world so it would be like our wrestlemania so all the titles defended except for the tv title of course uh at one of the uh once a year there would be um an elimination chamber where four wrestlers Uh, that's a motorcycle, believe it or not, uh, there would be, uh, once a year, there would be an elimination chamber match where four wrestlers outside of the top five world title contenders, uh, would battle it out. And then the winner of that match gets a chance to kind of leapfrog in the, in the rankings and get a, uh, and get a title shot at the at the champions of the world event so that would be like 
one of the that would probably be like the um I, I would do that the pay-per-view before the champions of the world like that month before And now, here's the fun part. I'm going to tell you guys my top 10 for my World Heavyweight Championship division. Alright? The WCOTW title contention uh, roster here. And I'm also going to tell you the the feuds that I have in mind and, and why. Okay. So... Starting off as my champion, I would have the lunatic fringe, Dean Ambrose. All right. And uh, just a little disclaimer for I uh, for my uh, roster here. I didn't want anybody who is currently the world champion on uh, Impact or Raw or SmackDown. Um or or ring of honor i didn't want the world champion and uh and yeah so that's 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 basically that and uh so that's not saying that you know aj or any of these guys aren't good or even or even seth um i just just went with who i went with and the feuds that i thought would be fun for my promotion and with my ranking system and what i could do all right so anyway dean ambrose starting off as the champ I have him uh, starting off as a face, uh, doing his totally unhinged character, not PG. Uh, I'd give him a little elbow room uh, to tone down the cartoonish uh, wackiness that WWE has him do and and let him let him be a little bit more of a badass, have a little bit more of an edge because I feel he could like win. Uh, the shield first ended and he broke out broke out as a face I felt like he could have been like the this generation like the new stone cold but then they made him all cartoony um so I would let him be that badass uh you know let's you know badass hardcore let's get it done type character and my first uh, challenger, my heel, uh, would be Brian Cage as a monster heel, uh, who could just do everything that he does and terminate you and, and talk his shit and, 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 and get his shit in, in the ring. Uh, so I'd have Brian, Brian Cage be the monster heel, um, a, a program, running between them what what Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose should have been leading up to that WrestleMania match um just cage be a badass be like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up I'm I can do there's nothing I can't do and Dean just being ready for a fight and being like you know you're just not gonna beat me and and just being down for the fight and hardcore matches uh, eventually build, building towards a blow-off hardcore match. So Dean would start off as the champion. Um, I would maybe have uh, one match where uh, it, like Cage doesn't win the championship, but he uh, 
you know, Dean loses by countout, and that's uh, because Cage just fucks him up, and Dean loses by countout, and that's why he uh, is able to retain the title. But the next match, Cage wins the belt, so Dean is chasing, trying to get the belt, um, trying to get the belt back, and he's maintaining his spot in the in the rankings. Wins another number one contenders match. And at this point, the feud is personal. Uh, so they have a final blow-off match for the belt. And it's like an extreme rules match. And that's how Dean finally vanquishes Cage. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, just kind of like a, a quick overview of how I think that feud would go. Next up... Uh, I guess at number three in the rankings, I got my man, Daniel Bryan, uh, as a face, basically the same character is now not PG, so he can say, uh, how he feels, um, he, with his character, he is really focused as being the best wrestler in the promotion, the best actual wrestler, uh, capable of Matt Classic, uh, producing a Matt Classic at, at any time. Uh, there's room for an eventual heel turn with this character, but as for now, starting off as a definite face, Cesaro is number four, right? These guys are connected. Uh, Cesaro is a tweener, and he says that he is actually the best wrestler, and that Amel- American wrestlers are talented, and they're good learners, but wrestling is the sport of kings, not Americans. And uh, naturally, with him thinking he's the best and with Daniel Bryan thinking that he's the best, uh, these guys start button heads and start a feud begins. Uh, Now, Cesaro is kind of a tweener, like he says that other stuff, but he's so good in the ring that people still like him. Uh, And he doesn't do anything overtly heel. He just out wrestles people. Uh, But these guys... Daniel Bryan and uh, Cesaro kind of start going at it and they're trying to, uh, you know, Cesaro, he's at four. He's at number four. He wants to get to number three. He wants to get to number two. He wants to get up there so that he can challenge for the belt. Uh, He feels like Daniel Bryan's in the way. So these guys, even even if they're not wrestling against each other, they're trying to one up the other in the ring, win their match faster, tap more people out. Uh, make sure that they don't lose, you know, uh, show each other up in the ring. So, you know, at some points, maybe they'll, they'll do each other's taunts or, uh, so it's, so it's, so it's something that's becoming apparent to the fans and commentary and backstage that, okay, these two guys are in competition with each other. Then they get booked for a match against each other, right? Maybe on a pay-per-view, um, Maybe even a chance to, uh, like, on a pay-per-view, a chance to for a number one contenders match. And then this match, they're going at it back and forth. It's a it's a good match. Everybody's like, oh, wow, you know, look at this. The, the wrestling is, is great. And then Cesaro, uh, you know, like, but nobody can beat the other. No one can put the other away. And then Cesaro is like, man, I can't put this dude away. He starts bending the rules a little bit. And maybe he gets caught. 
uh, disqualified, uh, you know, for uh, some kind of break breaking the rules, or maybe he doesn't uh, he doesn't break at five, choking Daniel in the ropes, doesn't break at five, uh, and disqualified Daniel wins, and then Cesaro just loses his shit, goes full heel, uh, beat down, and now it's a blood feud between these guys, and they're still. Uh, Daniel Bryan loses the title match, so these guys are still uh, still battling it. But he drops down; he only drops down to number three. Uh, so and Cesaro's still at number four. Uh, these guys are still battling it out, um, trying to show each other up in other matches. And now it's to the point where after Daniel Bryan, you know, fights somebody else and finishes a match, Cesaro will come out and attack him each time. So after a while, Daniel Bryan gets tired of that, and he's like, you know what, I want to, uh, you know, I want a chain match, or, you know, where we're, I, he's not going to go anywhere, and we're just going to fight it out, and, or a dog collar match, and, you know, like, we, we get some, some hardcore, uh, and they could do crazy submissions, and all kinds of stuff, and, and really just, battle it out and see who is the better wrestler and also have like you know some some extra in there uh let's see here number five adam cole baby uh so he's a heel um and this promotion undisputed era is still intact uh so he, he's a heel, he knows he's the future of the company, uh, he feels it, and he has the Undisputed Era that has his back, Roderick Strong, uh, Red Dragon, uh, holding it down for my boy. Uh, Chad Gable is number six, uh, Chad Gable is a face, uh, kind of shows that fun character that he was when he was uh, when he was doing a little bit of a singles run in NXT, uh, Ready, Willing, and Gable, but also built on being a skilled worker, uh, hard worker in the ring, uh, willing to grind uh, to the title, um, almost like a like a face Kurt Angle, like a face early Kurt Angle. Um, Samoa Joe, number seven. He's a heel, of course. Uh, he's like the resident veteran badass, kind of like the gatekeeper in the heavyweight division. You're trying to move up in the ranks. You're going to have to, if they put you against Samoa Joe, they're like, oh, okay, they're taking this guy seriously. He's going against Samoa Joe now. Um, even if you lose, it's like, oh, okay, you might. we're going to see you on the next level then if they put you against Samoa Joe. Uh, that's that's kind of his role. Uh, so, with Gable being in the uh, world heavyweight title contention picture, kinda just outside at number at number six, um, Samoa Joe uh, will kind of give us uh, give that boost. So I would put Samoa Joe and Chad Gable in a program against each other, and uh, I would let them just have a string of strong matches just getting booked against each other close matches trying to move up in the rankings um and and then develop kind of a a rivalry um close matches where gable is trying to 
he's really close to beating Samoa Joe, but he just hasn't quite yet. And then one match where uh, it seems like he has Samoa Joe beat, but Samoa Joe has to kind of like, you know, a thumb to the eyes and then is able to hit a slam and lock in the Coquina clutch. So it's like, man, you had to cheat to beat me. I'm going to get you the next time. So uh, I I think that would be a a fun program. And it would kind of legitimize Chad Gable once he did beat Samoa Joe and get past him. Then it's like, oh, okay, he's... Chad Gable out here beating some he would beat Samoa Joe in a few like alright he's he's legit now now you can see him like him saying I want the world heavyweight title doesn't sound crazy you know uh, number 8 Timothy Thatcher uh, that's my guy I would have him be a face I'd have him just be a badass no nonsense wrestler uh he doesn't have to really talk much. He's just about business, like really short promos, and just goes out there, kicks ass, uh, uh, can beat you technically, and can brawl. Uh, big guy. Um, and his feud would be with Adam Cole, baby, in the uh, Undisputed Era. And uh, I could see... Cole is kind of like a almost like a modern day flair and Thatcher being the sting to his flair. So Thatcher just kind of a loner. Um the even though Cole's not old, but like just the young up and coming guy, even though I think uh Thatcher's older than Cole. Uh but like the you know, sting in that role is just the face who just fights and is good at what he does and handles his business just an ass kicker and uh this guy who is also good but he's always cheating and hot and has these people that has his back and all that so i I think that would be a, a fun feud overcoming that as cole is trying to keep his spot in the rankings and and finagle his way to the title that he feels is rightfully his because he's the future and Thatcher just being an ass kicker and and good at what he does and and wanting to get the title because he's good uh so I feel like that would be a a fun dynamic um once Cole eventually wins the title down the road I feel like you could bring Thatcher back as uh, a legitimate threat to his title, like you be like, oh, Thatcher can kick his ass, like especially just look at them. Like Thatcher's a a big guy. Uh, Cole is is a little bit smaller, but he's but he's still really good. Um, so just the eye test, you'll be like, oh yeah, Thatcher's gonna beat the hell out of him. But then you're like, oh wait, undisputed air is there, and Cole always has something up his sleeve. So like, I feel like once Cole gets the belt too. Like, that's another, that's a feud that you could bring back that could always be fun, too. So, like, you could have that feud as they're trying to get up the ranks and maybe Cole wins that one and then bring Thatcher back as a challenger when Cole wins the belt. And you're like, oh, blast from the past. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let it, let it simmer for a little bit and then bring him back. And, and then eventually, like, that pop once he finally does win the belt from Cole would be crazy like what if you get people invested in the story in the right way um number nine big e i would have him in contention 
uh, for my world heavyweight title uh, or in the division uh, trying to work his way up. I would, I hate to break up the New Day, but I would break him away from the New Day. I would make him heal. I would make Stokely Hathaway his manager. Um, Big E keeps a lot of the character traits, but, uh, you know, tones down the, the dancing and stuff. Uh, he can keep the same kind of energy and promos, but just make it a little bit more serious and angry at times. Uh, bring back the five count. Like, he's just beats his... Uh, he's like, I don't need three. I want five. He just beats down his opponent so bad and beating up jobbers uh, as establishing himself as a big deal, beating up jobbers and uh, pin him for a five count after he hits the big ending. Like, uh, yeah, I knocked him out five. Uh, now he enjoys delivering pain instead of dancing. And then I can see you bringing him up like that. Uh so I think I I think that would that would be fun, and then eventually, um, eventually you could transition uh, Big E after after Samoa Joe, um, Big E and Chad Gable could kind of feud. Um, I think that that might be fun, just because I th- they had some good interactions uh, before, uh, I believe, and like some I think uh, they would they would have some fun matches. And it could that could be two guys who uh, on the in the in the world heavyweight championship division. Once you've established Big E as a as a world heavyweight championship contender, then Gable gets past Samoa Joe, so he's established as a contender. Seeing them go against each other to kind of rise in the rankings, it could be one of those feuds, kind of like how uh, Edge and Randy Orton in the earlier days of Raw, it was like, oh, okay, these, these guys are two future world champs. It could be one of those things where they just have a good series of matches and it helps both guys. Um, so that's, that's what I would do with Big E after he, he beat his run of jobbers and established himself as, uh, as somebody we're taking seriously and pushing. Then after, and the same after Gable, after, uh, finally getting that win over Samoa Joe. Uh, Number 10, uh, rounding out my world heavyweight title contenders, Ricochet uh, as a face, basically the face version of Cole. He also knows he's the future, uh, has great matches also with everyone. He also has issues with Cole just naturally because it's like we're we're the opposites. We got to be rivals. Uh, We're we're both the top guys so that's one that they can you can have that rivalry both of them coming up keep them apart for a while and then finally like start a rivalry between the two of them and then lead up to like a number one contenders match for the title uh and then eventually like uh you know eventually um cole wins that uh number one contenders match goes on to win the title has that long heel run, um, eventually has that, uh, that match where he, uh, he has that long heel run, um, then you could have Ricochet win that, uh, Elimination Chamber, win the belt from Cole at the champion, uh, the Champions of the World show at the end of the year, and then 
Cole eventually get the belt back from Ricochet, and then you can do that. Uh, Cole goes on a long run again, then you can raise up Thatcher, uh, bring back that Thatcher feud. Thatcher beats him for the belt, uh, and then you can cycle back Ricochet back in. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, though a couple of feuds that you can always come back to Ricochet and Adam Cole and Thatcher and Adam Cole. Um, and I, I feel like that with with any promotion, you got to have like a couple of those feuds where like there's so much history where you can always bring that back, even if you have those guys separated, where you can always bring it back to where those two guys face off in the ring. And just because there's so much history there, like you, you need those. So I think those would be two of our are those are two that I identify uh immediately um Ricochet and Adam Cole will always have that tension because they're both the guy you know what I mean like both of them can be the guy so um I would say like at any time where uh Adam Cole maybe drops a title to Thatcher and then Thatcher could go heel and Ricochet could take the belt off of him or something like that, and Ricochet is the face, and then eventually Adam Cole would win it from Ricochet, you know what I mean, so, like, you could, or even if somebody else, uh, outside of that, uh, won the belt, like, Daniel Bryan wins, and eventually, and he turns heel, and then Ricochet wins it, like, Ricochet would always be, like, the face version of Cole, that future guy who, who's always gonna, even if he's not the champion, he's always going to be in the mix, he's one of the guys, always one of the most over guys, and that's always going to be Adam Cole as well, but on the heel side, and then sometimes face, eventually he's going to have to turn face, so, um, also, uh, uh, feud for Ricochet, um, after Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, uh, finish their issues, uh, Ricochet and Cesaro. Cesaro thinking that Ricochet with his swag is is too arrogant and needs to be taught a lesson. Uh, Ricochet as a, as a younger guy and Cesaro as a veteran, which is how we'll present it, uh, even though Ricochet's been wrestling for a long time. And, and I think they've been on the same rosters. But anyway, um, you know, uh, Cesaro's like, hey, I'm a veteran and you need to tone all that down and what are you what are you doing all this crazy stuff for and ricochet is like hey man i'm part of wrestling's evolution i'm the future and then they constantly are trying to one up the the other almost like his daniel bryan feud but but a little bit different because it's it's ricochet and how they one up each other and eventually uh have a match against each other and 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 a, and a little program around that um Cesaro trying to teach him a lesson, like, humble yourself, you're not everything you're crafted to be, and Ricochet is like, I'm the future, man, catch up, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's what I got for my world heavyweight title picture, and then th- those are just some feuds to kind of start off, and then, of course, eventually guys can branch off, and you could have you know, Ricochet feuding with Dean Ambrose, whatever kind of issues that could bring up. So just, there's so many different things and then keeping in the the rankings and I haven't even got to the other divisions and stuff like that. So if you guys are interested in what I, in, in this, uh, this booking that I put together, um, 
yeah man let me know and i can i can do this for the other divisions if that's something that you guys want to hear uh but i think i've done enough talking for today uh slammiversary is coming on today uh when you're listening to this because it's going to be sunday uh so yeah man i might check it out um I encourage you guys to do so. TNA is really got uh, got some some dope shit popping right now. So uh, that's it for today, man. Um, I'll catch y'all next week on the World Champion of the World podcast. It's Quali. I'm out. Peace.